0: Chapter Thirty One of In Search of Treasure by Horatio Elger, Junior. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirty One A Startling Suggestion. The program for the next day was like that of the first, except that no time was spent on a general exploration of the island. The impatience shown by Captain Richmond made Guy fear that, unless the treasure were speedily found, he would object to staying longer. Of course, this would be in violation of the agreement he had made with the owners, but there was no court to enforce that agreement, and if the captain should, in his obstinacy, decide to sail away, the whole object of the expedition would be lost, or, at any rate, indefinitely deferred therefore on reaching the island in the morning guy and his two friends immediately set about searching for the six trees arranged in the shape of a cross it did not seem that it would be difficult to find them but nevertheless three more days slipped away and at the end of that time they were no nearer success than before even guy began to feel anxious He knew that, in the event of the failure of the expedition, Mr. Saunders might blame him for the loss of the considerable sum which had been spent in fitting it out, and, moreover, he would feel duty-bound to return the five thousand dollars which the merchant had advanced to him. A part of this sum had been spent, some of it in paying the mortgage on his father's house, and he would be left hopelessly in debt don't feel blue guy said abner titcomb it took us months to come here and surely we can spare a month for the search yes abner but will the captain wait for us that long there is the rub said titcomb for some reason he is very impatient and very averse to staying here probably he is naturally impatient suggested luke clark that does not explain it is evidently unfriendly to guy and does not want him to succeed and for that reason i am all the more determined to succeed said guy firmly for two hours after this they searched vigorously and earnestly not a clump of trees but was scanned critically in the hope that it might be the lucky cross of which they were in quest the time most dreaded by guy was the evening and the return to the ship unsuccessful and empty-handed captain richmond was always on hand and always put the question well have you succeeded not yet answered guy reluctantly of course not retorted the captain contemptuously but i mean to do so said guy pluckily And how many years do you expect me to ride at anchor here waiting for you? We have been here but five days so far, said Guy. And have accomplished nothing. You might as well make up your mind, first as last, that there is nothing to be found here. I don't believe, for my part, that any pirates ever visited the island. Why then should a dying man tell my uncle so, Captain Richmond? It was a sailor's yarn. There are some men who can't help lying, even upon their deathbed. Don't you believe any pirates ever concealed their booty? Nine out of ten of the stories about pirates and hidden treasure are fabrications. Be that as it may, Captain Richmond, said Guy with dignity, you will lose nothing by waiting. I shall lose my patience, for one thing i don't think you have much no impertinence young man said captain richmond angrily i don't mean to be impertinent but i want you to carry out in good faith the terms of the agreement i made with your owners the captain walked away without a word but there was a look upon his face which guy did not like he knew that if the captain chose to put an end to his stay upon the island He would have no alternative but to submit, and would be obliged to keep on to Bombay in the humiliation of failure. Guy's fears were increased by a few words he had with Frank Lowe, the young sailor already referred to as an object of dislike to the captain. It was one evening when the captain had retired early. Guy, Mr. Fenwick, said Frank let me speak a few words to you by all means frank you need not call me mr fenwick i am only a boy like yourself younger indeed but you are a passenger while i am only a poor sailor you are my friend all the same now what have you to tell me captain richmond is in a great funk at being obliged to stay here while you are on shore i know that very well frank "'but he has no right to be. "'I made a special agreement with the owners of the Osprey, "'for which they will be handsomely paid.' "'Frank shook his head. "'That's all very well, Master Guy, "'but the captain will play you a trick if he can.' "'What trick can he play me?' "'He can forbid your going on shore again.' "'He wouldn't do that. "'He knows that, in that case, the contract being broken,' I should have an excuse for refusing to pay the sum agreed upon. Is it after hidden gold you are searching, Master Guy? Yes, after treasure concealed on this island by pirates. Do you believe it is there? Yes, I have very good reason to believe it. Then why don't you get the captain on your side by offering him something, say a thousand dollars, in case you find it? It wouldn't do much good the captain doesn't believe in the treasure frank low looked uneasy i'll tell you what i am afraid of master guy he said go on frank i am afraid some day when you are on the island he will set sail without you guy looked startled as well he might at this suggestion he wouldn't dare do that he replied i don't know "'I believe he would dare to do anything. Besides—' "'Well, Frank,' said Guy, seeing that he hesitated. "'Besides, I don't think the captain is wholly responsible for what he does.' "'Why do you think that?' asked Guy quickly. "'From the way he behaves. Sometimes he paces up and down the deck, muttering to himself, "'I shouldn't be surprised if he were off his base.' You mean that he is crazy? It looks to me like that. I had an uncle who was affected in the same way. He used to go up and down through the village muttering, and took very little notice of anyone he met when he had the fit on him. After a while he got worse, and at last had to be carried to an asylum. Then you think that, with the fit upon him, the captain might sail away and leave me and my two friends on the island? That is what I am afraid of. Thank you for putting me on my guard, Frank. I will think over what you have said, and try to prepare for it. I don't see how you can. I must still continue my visits to the island, whatever risk I run. That is due to my employer. But, should the worst happen, you can do something for me. I will do anything for you, Master Guy, said the young sailor, earnestly. Then, Frank, if the captain treacherously deserts us and keeps on his course to bombay as soon as the osprey arrives there i want you to call on mr saunders my employer and let him know where i am he will probably have the captain arrested and will send the osprey or some other vessel to our help but you will be left to starve i don't fear that there are natural fruits on the island and animals that we can kill for food i think we can get along as robinson crusoe did i will remember what you have told me master guy but i hope there will be no need to do it i trust too that the necessity will not arise don't you think you had better give up your search master guy considering how much opposition there is to it no frank said guy firmly you must remember that I am in the employ of Mr. Saunders, and represent his interests. I will prove faithful to him, whatever happens. Frank Lowe looked perplexed and uneasy. He had become anxious, and being warmly attached to Guy, who treated him as a friend and an equal, thought chiefly of his safety. End of chapter 31